Have you found yourself saying enough is enough is enough? Working yourself to the ground? Putting the needs of everyone else before you? Feeling burned out again? My guest did and found herself asking the question, what do I truly want at this time of my life? She shares her journey reconnecting with her courage to open to new changes and a new chapter in her life. And as she says, when you open to that, be ready because it all may come quickly and at the same time. Shanita Liu is a courageous woman who in six years went from feeling burned out and not reaching some of her dreams to creating her own company, becoming a certified life coach, creating a family of three beautiful children, becoming a TEDx speaker, creating coaching tools and starting writing her own book. With her, we talk about her journey and also what helped her reconnect with her power, her strength and her courage how to start setting healthier boundaries, what's fundamental to start making changes, how she's the pilot of her own life, what's her definition of courage. We also learn a little bit of Guyanese culture and she lived with us a beautiful message at the end. So let's hear about courage from Shanita. Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different life events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. Today, I have with me a courageous woman who is the chief energy officer of her own company, as well as a certified life coach, TEDx speaker, mother of three, veteran spouse, writer, artist, educator, Forbes contributor, and Reiki master. And let's see what else comes in the future. She is a first-generation Indo-Guyanese guile born and raised in Queens, New York, in the U.S., her career path includes community building events for families, college students results for youth, multicultural programs for various communities and professional salsa dancing. Currently, Shanita Liu shows people how to activate courage so that they can stop sacrificing themselves and start transforming what's in their hearts into realities. As a chief energy officer at Coach Shanita Incorporated, her services include one-on-one -on -one virtual coaching sessions, group workshops, speaking at events, and integrated energy healing. So help me in welcoming Coach Shanita Liu. How are you, Shanita? I'm really great. Thank you so much for having me and holding this space for our conversation. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you here. And I would like to know a little bit what is this, because I was asking her before we started the Gael word, which I didn't know. I was looking for a translation and then she explained to me what that was. I love that you included that too. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone I've ever done a podcast uh, show with has ever picked up on that. But Gyal, G-Y-A-L, is the Caribbean slang term for the word girl. So, you know, in Guyana, where my family is from, in the Caribbean region in general, people say, hey, gal, hey, bye. You know, it's just, it's just a fun, yeah, it's just a fun way to refer to a girl. And it could be a little girl or it could even be an adult uh, woman. So I like to throw a little bit of that in there. <laughs> yeah, it's nice sharing your own culture. So that's really good. 
So tell us a little bit about your story. How do you come to where you are now? Yes, um, I want to say about six years ago from now, I was sobbing on the New York City subway on my way to work. Um, I was so burned out. I was so tired and I had been there before. This was not my first rodeo with being burned out, but there was something inside of me that said enough is enough is enough. You cannot keep working yourself into the ground. You cannot keep putting others' needs first before your own. And you really have to think about what do you truly want at this time in your life? Are you going to be working all the time? Don't you want to start a family? Don't you want to buy a home? Don't you want to go out there and do something else? And um, I connected with a life coach and, you know, years back, even though the life coaching industry was booming, to me, at least, it was still very new. And she asked me to tune in side into my heart and she asked me you know what's what's there and when I tuned in I discovered I'm going to show you a picture of her this is her her name is Dorga Ma she is one of the fiercest warrior goddesses in Hinduism and she showed up and she told me three things I've got your back you are enough and you're not alone and in that moment I remember crying tears of joy and relief because for the very first time I realized that I wasn't alone and I had support from my courage she was just one metaphor of my courage showing up within me saying I've been here all along and she helped me reconnect to three things I forgot I had my courage my power and my strength because I had just been grinding out for everyone and everything else and so that was a game changer for me. It was the catalyst for me making huge major changes in my life. I decided to leave my job. I, But then as soon as I left my job, I got pregnant with my first child. And then as soon as I got pregnant, we put in an offer for our first house. And then as we're trying to figure out moving because our lease was about to expire, then it was like, hey, by the way, I think I want to start a coaching business, even though I come from the nonprofit sector. I had no entrepreneurial bone in my body. so. Every major life change that could happen was happening at the same time. And it would have been so easy to let fear get the best of me. But instead, my Dorgama, who showed up, was like, here I am. Now you know. Let's connect and I will help you get through this. And her, in addition to all the other support systems that I finally created for myself, is what led me to not only getting through those major transitions, but being able to come out on the other side victorious. It's really interesting. There's, there's a few things uh, we can talk here. One is what you said about creating your own support system, which is, I think, really valuable because sometimes we think we can do it all ourselves. And, and, you know, it's nice that you found a way to reach out to whatever you needed so that you could come out triumph, like you were saying. So what made you look for that instead of just keeping digging yourself for a solution for everything? Yes. What caused me to look for support was being a hot mess. I was a hot mess all the time. I was crying. I was falling apart. My body was falling apart. And I had just ignored the red flags because it was like, well, whatever. This is what stress looks like. Let's keep going. And culturally, there are two things that I never learned 
from the women who came before me, which was how to ask for help and how to set boundaries. And they end up being the two top things that come up when I work with clients as a coach. So many women, especially from certain cultural backgrounds, did not grow up with um, the motivation to do those things because there was a lot of shame and judgment and criticism that came with saying no, with mm. giving yourself the space for even just asking yourself what you need. And it was my coaching certification program that created this safe space for me to acknowledge some of those tough questions and to really sit with some of these concepts that I had never learned in my entire life and really sit down and go, wow, I really do need support, but what does that actually look like? You know, is, is, is it more than just calling your best friend when you're on the verge of falling apart? Yeah, it is. You can't put everything on that best friend. <laughs> you know, you've got to have other people to talk to. You might need a coach. You might need a therapist. You might need a healer. You might need a friend to help you with this piece and a business person to help you with this piece and a family member to help you with that piece. And I realized I didn't, I needed people across different sort of categories or buckets of my life to give me support in areas, especially since I was new at all of it. I was new to motherhood. I was new to entrepreneurship. I was new to home ownership. I was new to renovation. I was new to everything. So stepping into all of that, this unknown, all of this unfamiliar only amplified my fears and only amplified my anxiety. And it was identifying people in my life to say, can I call on you to help me with this? If I'm in a bind, can you support me with that? If I have a question, can I turn to, you know, so having those, those people and those resources in my life became a huge um, win for me. And once I learned how to actually establish it, then I was able to, you know, modify and grow my success team, my support team as needed. That's interesting because we are just uh, reading a book. I don't know if you've read it, which is called Who Not How uh, from Benjamin Hardy. So I'm thinking you are looking for the who's and not the how's. And I think that's really wise. <laughs> I was falling apart, to be honest. I, I, you're giving me a lot of credit, but back then I, I was not wise. I was so lost in the sauce because my self-worth was tied to my productivity and people giving me gold stars for being reliable, for being capable, for showing up for them. And all the while I expended all of this energy showing up for them. And I spent zero showing up for myself. And if I could go back in time, I wish I could just shake that version of Shanita and be like, don't you see? <laughs> but, you know, you, you learn yeah. right? and you learn and then you just, then you know better, you do better. Yeah. What was your job before? Yeah, I worked in a college advising, uh, an education nonprofit, and a lot of the work I did was around supporting high school and college students and helping students who were like myself, coming from low-income backgrounds, coming from first-generation American backgrounds, to help them not just get to college, but to get through college, because college is not easy, and especially when you don't have your parents or other people in your family or in your community who've gone through that process, you need added support. I know I had it. It's what supported me to graduate from college many years back. And I was so passionate about that work. 
And I realized that the students that I was connecting with, I would give them the whole playbook here, do this, do this, do this. And a lot of the time they wouldn't. And I, I would scratch my head going, I don't understand. I'm, I'm giving you advice on exactly what you need to do. What is stopping you from following through? And that's what actually made me interested in coaching. But then I realized that ain't just a college student problem. That's an everybody problem. You know, you got to lose those five pounds, but you're eating the cookies and you're not exercising. What is that about? I know what I need to do intellectually and something inside of me is blocking me up. And that's how coaching came into my life. Not only was I in my own mess, but I realized here's an actual modality that can help people get unstuck, get unblocked, change their mindset, change their behavior. And it was just like, why isn't everybody else coaching, right? Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. right? you're a coach, so you get it, right? This is the most effective modality ever. I'm so biased. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just remember thinking like, not only is this going to help young people, this is the kind of thing that can change the world. And that's why I decided to kind of part ways from the nonprofit sector and really go at it on my own. Nice, yeah. So we'll talk more about coaching uh, afterwards because you're right and I totally agree with what you're saying. And here <laughs> we, we still have to explain what coaching is because it's so, it's known and it's not known. It's such a word that is used in so many fields that people are completely confused on what it is. But going back to something that you said before about boundaries, how do you help either start setting better boundaries or improve their boundaries to, to the clients that you bring or the people that you encounter? How do you help them? Before we can even set boundaries, we have to get clear on what makes it hard for them to set boundaries. We'll get clear on what that actually looks like because um, it doesn't have to be super aggressive. You can be assertive and stand your ground and, and have the people around you respect your time and energy without becoming off what, what we would quote unquote be bossy or, you know, angry or, or anything like that. But there's always fear. That's why I do, I do the courage work because there's always fear, fear of being judged, um, imposter syndrome, burnout, analysis paralysis, like fear show, fear is sneaky. Fear will show up in all kinds of forms and you won't place it as fear. You'll be like, oh, I'm just worried. No, no, that worry, there's something underneath that worry, right? And we're worried about what are people going to say if I decide to set boundaries? Am I going to get fired? Am I going to lose my job? Is my boss going to hate me? These are all real concerns. We have bills to pay. We have children to raise. We have communities to serve. So of course, we're going to be so worried about what other people are going to, how they're going to react, especially if they're not used to me doing this. But at the same time, do I want my soul to be dying inside? Or do I want to feel better and wake up in the morning and not feel that pang of dread when I have to send that email or get on that phone call or meet with that person, right? These are all really small moments that we bypass because we think, oh, this is just part of it. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. You can actually, this is a very overused phrase, but you can design your own life. Like you can, it's not just for those people out there. I know if I could do it, I am trying to be a demonstration to Indo-Caribbean folks in my community say, Hey, look, here's a Brown person over here who, who tried it 
And yeah, I made mistakes, but I didn't completely fall on my face. I had my courage to guide me. And I know that if I could do it, then you can too. And let's not have you do this alone, right? Let's let's work together. Let's mm-hmm. actually support each other in getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. And in coaching, what is the biggest challenge that you find with your clients? Or is it comes down to fear? Fear. Fear, 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 fear in every, put it on a poster board, put it in huge <laughs> letters, paint it red, fear, fear that if things change and I start disrupting these patterns, it's going to piss some people off. It's going to ruin what I've got right now, even though what I've got right now isn't working. It's going to wreak havoc and people aren't going to like me. And the things that I've worked for are going to be lost. And I'm going to be a failure. That's a, that's a powerful list of fears. And what, since this podcast is, uh, you know, change makers mind, I strive here to get stories so that people can find themselves in those stories. Because sometimes the names we use, it is like it goes one year and goes out the other year because it's like, yeah, no, that's not like you were saying, no fear. No, I'm not fear. I'm worried. But sometimes when they hear a story, they're like, oh, yeah, that's happening to me, too. You know, and that's so that's a little bit the the thing behind these interviews, because when they hear a personal story, they can identify with the story more than with the name specific that we use, whether it's fear or anxiety or, or I hear a lot of people. No, I don't have anxiety, but they do. They just don't call it that. But when they hear a story, they're like, oh, actually, maybe I do, you know? So what is a big challenge that you've gone through that you can share with us? I, I will keep it all the way real with you and tell you that it took me 34 years just to realize I had anxiety. Like I wasn't even calling it that. And I was a coach, you know, and I was a healer. And, you know, a couple of years back, uh, I, I, I <laughs> it took... Uh, a friend who is a social worker and a therapist and a coach to approach me about her platform around anxiety content for me to realize, oh, <laughs> I got this. And I think I, you know, for the sake of not coming off as an imposter, as a coach who's trying to, you know, grow my community. The last thing I want to tell people is, hey, by the way, I am fraught with anxiety and I've got a lot of my own crap going on. No, am I not supposed to be a demonstration of what it's supposed to look like on the opposite end of this? And then I realized I am I am human and maybe it can be that much more encouraging and inspiring for the people that I serve to see that I'm working through my stuff in real time, that I haven't arrived and that this is a real thing. It's taken me forever to figure it out. But now that I can name it, I can actually be a little bit more intentional about addressing it. It's not enough to go practice self-care. Everybody's like, self-care this, self-care that. I even called myself a self-care coach when I started this work. And then I realized, but why? Why are you doing it? Why do you need to breathe? Oh, because of anxiety, because of this, because of that, because, you know, fill in the blank, right? There are a million different things that could be coming up. Um, And it's important to pinpoint it. 
you have to get clear on what's actually happening for you because you're going to continue to go through the motions and maybe not really get to the root of what's really going on. And it wasn't until I actually need my anxiety where I realized like, that's when it, that's when I started to make headway. That's when it started to dissipate. That's when I started to trust and, and get myself grounded and, and call my courage even more. Like that's when I started to move the needle. When you realize you had anxiety and then start treating it as such, that's when you, you felt that you were making a jump. Is that what I'm understanding correctly? Yeah. You know, I was making a jump before, but I was being honest with myself. And as a coach, I work with a therapist and I work with other coaches to help call out the things that I am not necessarily clear on on my own. And there's something about being honest with yourself, just really, really honest with yourself that can change the game. So I was definitely making progress on my anxiety and I was definitely sharing my own learnings and coaching tools with my clients to help them overcome their stuff so that they could transform those, those limiting beliefs and behaviors into something else. Um, but once I got real on what was actually happening, I could be more targeted. I could connect with other organizations and people and resources and podcasts and, and all the, the, the wellspring of information out there to realize that I was not alone, to realize that this is showing up in so many ways. And the more I was gaining knowledge and kind of healing my stuff up, the more targeted and effective I could be for my clients who I was serving, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. And I think it's it's being authentic with yourself. And the fact, I don't think anybody expects that everything is figured out because we're all here to learn. But there is maybe a, an expectation that we are, you know, emotionally very, very stable and very, and I think everybody goes through ups and downs and you've been a model of three, <laughs> you have a lot going on <laughs> just with that, <laughs> let alone the rest. So I think it will also make everybody empathize more and under, you know, be feel more heard when they know you've been through it because you will speak the same language. And you know, you, your, your podcast is all about change makers. Well, what are change makers doing? They're making change. They're leveling up. They're growing themselves and they're fill in the blank, their business, their platform, their whatever it is, right? And so what happens every time you level up, it's not like the anxiety or whatever it was went away. Now it's coming into your next thing and it's going to show up another way because you've leveled up and now you have a whole new set of fears and you have a whole set of new worries and you have a whole new set of challenges and things that you are facing because you don't know what you don't know. So that's another thing that I think people have to realize that the work is ongoing, that just because I healed up the anxiety in my previous work life and in my previous relationships doesn't mean that it went away. Every child I had another level of anxiety, another <laughs> version of anxiety came, right? I had my third child earlier this year and boy, the rush of stuff that I wasn't even expecting came with that. And so for all the change makers out there, as you continue to make change, you are going to also have to continue to check, check in with, tune in with, figure out all the, you know, work with, heal up, clear out 
the stuff that's going to come with that change. Because guarantee your, your change is not showing up like I'm here and I'm perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. right? It's yeah. going to come with a new set of stuff. Yeah. Well, for those listening, you know, check out, uh, we're going to put the information of Shanita in the links, but check out her Instagram. Her babies are amazing. They're the most <laughs> cutest thing ever. <laughs> I want to eat them. They're so cute. <gasps> yeah, yeah. But going back to what you were saying, it, it's kind of like a pilot, you know, he, the pilots, they have a plane, you know, and they're constantly correcting where they're going, you know, until they land. But once they take off, they also have to like recheck everything, reset everything. And then they start all over again with the next destination and correcting all the time their course until their next destination. And I think in life is like that. Once you reach something, a goal or whatever you desire, then there is the next level, you know. And so then you have to you've learned lessons, you know, as the pilots get better at piloting and then every time they get better but they still have to go through all the check marks and every process that they have to go through to, to fly the plane. So I think we should not forget that, you know, as you were saying that we have to constantly check, okay, where do I need help? Where do I recalibrate? What's not working right now? What, what do I need to bring into my life so that I can, you know, function better and, and take, you know, put out the best of me in every level that where I'm going, you know? So I think that's a very important point that it's ongoing constantly. Constantly. I love what a beautiful metaphor about the the pilot on the airplane. I've I've never heard it put that way before, but that's a really that's a really powerful way that I, I know I can hold on to this. Yeah, you just inspire me. I never said it before. So <laughs> it just came up. <laughs> Our code powers right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so how is it to manage being a mother of three, handling your business, and now you are creating, she's the creator of these amazing coaching cards, and now Courage cards, yes, that I hope that soon we can get outside of the US too, and now you're writing a book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot when you say it, but what keeps me on course is literally doing the work we just talked about um having my third child change the game um for anyone who's parenting or you know looking after caretaking in a certain in a certain way um i just want you to stay encouraged because i remember thinking that it was ludicrous to try to start a business and have a baby at the same time, much less trying to keep that going and have more children. <laughs> and the person or the, the energy that kept saying, oh no, you're doing this. You're not getting out of this one easy because you have everything you need inside of you to, to do this because it's possible and you were born to do it is my Dordgama, who is my courage metaphor. And I talk about her ad nauseum um, in my TEDx talk and in all the work that I do, because she, she is the, the impetus and the reason why I can actually do what I'm doing. And I will be all the way real and say, you know, my business and this and that, they're all, they aren't all a hundred percent right now, but the percentages are constantly <laughs> wavering <laughs> and some are a lot lower and some are a lot higher. And I have to enlist help. 
Um, so I have to ask my in-laws for support with watching the kids sometimes. Um, the book that you mentioned is definitely very, very new news to the world. And that is something that I am working on. And I remember being really like, really flabbergasted. I was like, wait a minute, I'm sorry, you want me to do what right now? No, 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 no. I thought I, I thought I knew what the game plan was going to be. I thought I knew what I was ready for. And my courage is like, I'm sorry, you are not the one who is steering the wheel right now. We are. So you're either going to let fear get the best of you and make up some excuse about why you can't do this now, or you're going to do what we're calling you to do, which is roll up your sleeves. This wasn't meant to be easy. This is going to be hard, but we're not going to let you fall on your face so as long as you continue to connect with us and you continue to do the work, right? The support systems, like all the stuff we just talked about. And so when people are like, I don't know how you do it or how do you do it? And I'm like, I don't know, ask them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, 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 every morning, I check in every afternoon. I check in sometimes by the hour. I've got to check. And I'm like, how am I going to make dinner? And how am I going to sit down to write? And how am I going to, you know, work with that client all before 9 p.m. tonight? Like, how are we going to do that? And so far, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) So far, I'm okay. And I'm not going to lie and say, I don't have bad days. I have some days that are really crappy. Like right now, all three of my kids are ill. This has never happened before. To have small children who are all sick at the same time, it's not easy. And so you're talking about the pilot, the resetting and the recalibrating. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm doing literally by the hour every day. But I'm finally okay with that because I'm not letting fear say, but aren't you supposed to have this done already? you know, you shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? I'm, I'm really like kicking that inner critic to the curb as much as I can so that I can like live my life. And guess what? For anybody who's listening, change makers, you can make progress, but be okay that today it was 1%. Like that's, I think, where I finally decided to stop beating myself up. And so everyone's like, well, how do you do it? I'm like, I practice acceptance. I accept that I only made 0.5% today on that email or 2% on that thing or 10% on like Shanita made breakfast, lunch and dinner and snack, you know, but there are days we eat out, right? So like I count my wins and I don't beat myself up because that progress is still something. And I believe in my heart and my soul that the book publishing and the card deck and all of these things, they will reach the world when they are supposed to. And I call it divine timing, but I know folks have other words for it depending on their faith and their spiritual practices, but I'm finally okay with that. And that's taken me a long time. So just accepting your progress, the, the speed that it is without comparing it with outside or without any outside judgment, just your own 
judgment. And I think that's really important. And you also have a very strong uh, spiritual practice, which I think is really helpful. So how is how does your morning, morning look like considering, because we talk about the morning routine, but we know with parents, it doesn't always start at your time. It usually starts <laughs> at somebody, some, some kid's time. <laughs> so how, how is your morning routine? It sure does. You know, ideally, I like to wake up in the morning and do a little Reiki on myself. Um, but that doesn't always happen because all three kids wake up at the same time. And now I have a child in kindergarten. So now there's that whole dimension of got to get you ready for school. So I just get myself up. I take care of them. And luckily, I work from home. So by 9 a.m., once this kid's in school and the other two are fed and OK, I run upstairs. I lock the door and then I sit down and then I either pull one of my cards from one of my many Oracle decks or I pray or I journal. I just let whatever's supposed to ease me at that moment, ease me and give me the guidance for the day. And sometimes it's as quick as 15 minutes. If I can get 45 minutes in, I'll try. Sometimes I'll do a walking meditation outside so I can kind of like kill two birds with one stone and get exercise and, <laughs> <laughs> and some spiritual reflection. But, you know, everyone I think goes, it needs to be a practice. It needs to be a routine. And I think that's what was holding me back sometimes that I was so stringent on what it was supposed to look like. So I've given myself permission to let it change. On a Tuesday, it could look like one thing. On a Wednesday, it could look like something else. And since I've let go of the structure and the form of what morning routine looks like, I've actually been able to do it better, but also lean more into the joy. It doesn't feel as obligatory. Well, I got to sit here and breathe. I got to sit here and meditate. Well, you know what? Sometimes I don't, I don't want to breathe and meditate. Sometimes I just want to dance, right? Sometimes I just want to write or sometimes I want to cry. Maybe I need a good cry, right? And so I've given myself permission to be fluid with my practices so that whatever is meant to come will come or get released. And that is usually what sets me up for success, at least for the next few hours. I'm not even going to tell you for the day, at least for the next <laughs> few hours. <laughs> but yeah, for the next challenge. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that that's uh that's really wise, especially because when you have kids, nothing is nothing goes as expected, you know, everything can change. So it's good to be flexible and but to keep the idea also to keep it fun, but always have that space for you to reconnect because also when you are parents normally uh, there's so much going on that sometimes you forget to take care of you. So creating that space for yourself, I think is really valuable to function better and to be able to hear your inner guidance and your intuition. I will be courageous and add, though, that it's taking me my third kid to finally get this and to be consistent with my implementation, because I knew this intellectually with kid number one and kid number two. But there was still this part of me that kept saying, Superwoman, Shanita, you can still cook every single meal every single day and you can still do this and, and that and a third. And I got so sick during my third pregnancy that I had no choice. If I didn't ask for help, if I didn't, if I didn't really like practice what I was preaching and walk my talk, um, like, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> you know? The kids would have been hungry. Like it would have been real tough. And it was happening during the peak of the pandemic as well. Oh, and so wow. I got to tell you, some lessons take a little longer to learn. And I won't 
sit here and go, mm-hmm, I learned it and I've been doing it so consistently for the six, last six years. That is not true. I've actually been doing it more consistent, consistently for the last nine months, but that's okay because, right, we've got to start somewhere and it's those little steps over time that make that transformational impact. And you know, those little humans are the best teachers. So they come with, they come with a lot of lessons and you're picking on them. <laughs> so that's good. Yes, it's taken little little human people to, or humans to, <laughs> um, to, really, to really let the lessons stick. Yeah. And uh, what is big changes you want to see in the world? Ooh, I love that question. I want people to continue calling in their courage to do the hard stuff, to have the difficult conversations, to take the leaps or the baby steps towards, you know, making things better in their organizations and their communities. Um, people are definitely being called to serve in ways that they might not have thought of before, but then they get scared because of, right, fill in the blank. And so, I just want people, especially the change makers, continue to activate your courage and not just get courageous to do one thing, but keep your courage alive. Stay connected to it so that you can carry on because it's not going to be easy and it's not going to look glamorous. There are a lot of people out there, especially on social media, making it's really tough. They're making their lives look real glamorous. They're showing what the other side looks like. And not a lot of people are showing the murky mess in between. And people need to have the courage to kind of say, how do I still stay courageous even in this murky stuff, even in the muck? And that's where we all have to kind of help each other. And is there being like a, a time where you feel like, okay, I want to give up. And if so, what made you go through that time? Because Every week. <laughs> I see if we don't have to go very far <laughs> yeah <laughs> every week yes maybe it's every, it depends uh some months are better than others but I it is hard it is hard to you know raise three children and you know we're still in the world of pan the pandemic. So even though a lot of people say, well, we'll reach out for support. Well, you have to, you have to be cautious about the kind of support with everything going on and the children being as small as they are. And there are days where I want to spend two hours getting work done. And all I did was 20 minutes of something and I'm not, and, and I call in my courage. I am in constant conversation with my courage going, okay, we only got this far today. Now what? Can you help me? Can you help me? Um, so I'm calling in my inner guides and resources to help me. And I am also getting better at calling my outer resources, right? My friends, my colleagues, my peers to help me. And it could look like outsourcing one piece in my business, or it could look like me asking someone their opinion instead of taking 20 minutes, wasting 20 minutes of my life over analyzing this thing. Um, I'm working on a book right now. This is a bridge I've never crossed before. I'm a writer. I've been writing 
all my life. I was an English major in college and I've written for so many publications over the years. But writing your own book is a, it's a different journey. It's very personal. It's very deep and it can feel very overwhelming. And so instead of me trying to like, you know, hold, hold the rucksack in my back alone, I'm being more intentional about asking for help and seeking support and, and just being resourceful. But I think one thing I want to caution people about is that I think in an effort to become educated about something new, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you go online, right? To find information. And what happens when you go online? The trap, the rabbit hole. I can't tell you how many times I have fell down the rabbit hole over the last six years building my business because I get too overwhelmed and too swamped and too, too just slapped in the face with all of the information and all of the trends and all of the the uh, formulas out there, right? To help me grow my business, to help me do this, to help me do that, right? Here are your five key ways to blah, blah, blah. One thing I've learned is that that's important information at first, but at some point you have to make it your own. You have to deepen your own level of trust and faith in yourself and what you're capable of and what actually feels good for you in order to move forward. If I continue to keep following that formula and her technique and that thing over there, I would not be where I am today. I would not actually feel courageous and confident enough to share the honest truth about what's happening in my life. And um, I would I think I would, would have still continued to strive for some level of perfection. And I wouldn't have called it that, but that's what it would have been at the very, very kind of underneath layer. I think today with all the information that is out there that we can consume, uh, it's not going to help us if we don't take whatever is useful for us. It's important that when you study something, look for something, you learn in applying. And if by applying it doesn't work for you, then applying something else, you know, just keep searching. Don't think that it you don't work or you cannot do it. It's just maybe that's not for you or you didn't try long enough. You know, there has to be a balance between giving the time to try something and also seeing what really works for you. And like you say, we're all different. We all are in different stages. And even sometimes when they say steps one, two, three, four, five, maybe for you is one, four, three, two, one, you know, like whatever <laughs> other combination. So sometimes it doesn't come in, in that order. And so we have to be creative in exploring how how is this going to work and what's going to make me you know, go to the next stage, to the next step, you know, what do I need? And, and I think it's important what you're doing of adapting to yourself, to your situation, which is unique. Um, what is going to make me work with, you know, three kids working from home, the situation we have, you know, whatever else is going on in your life. And so that's, um, that's a very wise thing to, to share and, and do like you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank Shanita, what is, what is courage for you? How you define it? We've been talking about it, but we haven't really defined the way that you think it is. Well, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition, courage is the mental or moral strength to persevere withstand danger or difficulty. And that is true. That, that courage, that energy inside of us really does strengthen us and gives us that little boost to, right, to, to overcome the obstacle. But there's another definition that is used by uh, a woman named Karen Fraser. She uh, 
writes books on crystals and remedies associated with the crystal world. And she shares that courage is um, being able to connect with your truth to walk your spirit's path. And I think I, I don't have the exact wording on that phrase. I'm just sort of paraphrasing it, but there's something important about the strength to walk your spirit's path that I really connect with. Because when we think about courage, it can be very masculine, very aggressive. And, and sometimes my spirit's like, no, don't, 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 go feed the shark right now, right? Like you're not, you that that's not what we're gonna do. Maybe because sometimes courage can be very subtle. It could be just a gentle push. It doesn't have to be hard and fast, feel the fear and face it anyway. Yes, you have to do that sometimes, but there are other ways to do that. And to do it in a way that honors your truth, not what they're doing, but what you need to do for you. And so I love that definition because there's this sense of alignment with what you really want that's captured inside of the definition. I think that our original conventional courage definition doesn't always capture. Um, and so we gotta do what we gotta do for us, right? Authenticity is the overused word that the world is using right now that everyone is finally like getting on the bandwagon with, but it's true. You have to do what's authentic for you. And even that, even that takes courage because nobody else is doing it like you. So that to me is the definition that resonates most. And that's how I roll with it. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Because it's connecting with your spiritual path. So I think that's a really powerful. So Shanita, I want to respect your time because you have another commitment. Um, is there anything you want to share? Because time is flying with you. So do you want to share anything else uh, before we leave to the change makers that are listening to this podcast, to this episode? Yes. Change makers, I just want to encourage or give courage to you to have the courage to call in your courage to do what feels good for you. The courage to say no to the thing, even though maybe there's a part of you that says, but, 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 right there, there, I know I tend to fall into this trap of FOMO, fear of missing out. And so for anybody out there who's listening, if you feel like you're going to be missing out, that's okay. <laughs> like that's okay. Because the cost of you doing something that doesn't feel in alignment with you, that's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your energy and it, it's going to cost you much more probably on an emotional level. So the courage to just put yourself first, whatever that looks like is really important and it's not gonna happen overnight. And you almost have to call in courage to accept that, to accept that your transformation is a work in progress and it's ongoing and that's okay. Because even the people out there who are making it seem like they've arrived, they haven't, they haven't. Everyone is showing their highlight reel. We live in a world where we're scrolling on our phones up and down to view a highlight reel. That is not life. These people are not showing their breakdowns. They're not showing their mess. And even if they are, it's very, 
nicely curated for social media, right? Even their mess seems cute. And it's, this is not how life works. So I just want to encourage any change makers out there that you continue to call on the courage, your courage to make the change that you are being called to make your way. Thank you. Thank you for those words of encouragement. I think everybody needs to hear that and that what you see in social media is not real life. And that's very important to remind yourself so we are not comparing constantly. So thank you so much, Anita, for your time, uh, for connecting with us. And I hope we can see your book soon and we'll have you back when that book is out there. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate your support for my work always. And, you know, if anyone is who who leaves this podcast going like, what, how do I call in my courage? Um, I have a really quick courage activation exercise, coachanita.com slash courage, but also the TEDx talk that I did that's online is also a place where I offer that. So in case folks are like, I don't even know where to start when it comes to that. That's just one simple guided audio tool that you can use to try it out and see how it lands with you. So for anyone who wants to get courageous, that's a really great place to start. Nice. We'll put that on the notes to make sure that we put a link there so that people can find that. Cool. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Christina.